Welcome everyone to the Retail Corner Podcast from Proxima 360. The purpose of our podcast is to bring a relaxed and educational environment to discuss the current retail landscape, best of breed products, and retail business best practices. You will always find us talking with business users, technical resources, and retail experts on how they are and where they are headed. I am your host, Carlos Diaz. Welcome everybody to the Retail Podcast. We are very excited today. We have an IT professional with over 22 years of experience that's going to be talking to us about the concept of BOPIS. That's right. Buy online, pick up in-store. I know that a lot of you guys are very familiar with this concept. It's a concept that started about eight to 10 years ago. Uh, however, believe it or not, there's a lot of retailers out there that are still looking at really starting to implement these concepts and are also looking at implementing their e-commerce site. So I figured uh, Seo Ganguly is an expert in supply chain. He has a degree in computer science from the University of Southern Mississippi. And as I mentioned, he has over 22 years of experience in retail in various different platforms from pharmaceuticals to uh, actual, actual uh, product retail uh, businesses. And uh, Seyo, thank you so much for being with us today. How are you doing today? Hey, Carlos, thank you for the invite. That's a very kind introduction. I really appreciate it. Uh, really looking forward to the conversation today. Awesome. Great. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate your time and uh, for you to really help us break this down, right? Uh, I really want to talk primarily and first and foremost about the advantages of what BOPUS brings to the table, right? And for people to understand that it only works if you have brick and mortar and if you have an online presence and that there are a lot of advantages in the engagement of the customer and also in the cost to benefit of your operations and of course of an increase in revenue. Uh, and then with that, I know some of those advantages are increased retail traffic, uh, integrated inventory management of your store inventory and your online inventory, and then the last mile shipping cost reduction. Uh, so Sayo, can you tell us a little bit more about those advantages and if you could break it down in more in detail? Absolutely. So I think you've called out all the primary points we have with BOPIS. Um, I'd say that really at the end of the day, it's what is it best for our customer and, and, and what are they really interested to do? And as we have gone through the years, I think we've seen more and more that for, that for our customers, really, it's a matter of convenience. It's a matter of uh, cost. It's a matter of speed. It's a matter of how we engage with that customer and actually interact with that customer. We are moving obviously more and more to a completely digital world. The fact that we are, even with this in the midst of this pandemic, the the, the reliance on digital conversation or the reliance of digital engagement is substantially higher. Um, so, so everything BOPIS kind of gives you that avenue to allow you to uh, not only engage with us digitally to do cost-effective things, but even as a, as a company that helps us in reducing costs significantly for our shipping costs and everything else we have. Um, so I think all the trends are in place to, to really increase this. Um, and, and, you know, I'm glad that at least as a company, we have, we have headed that way and we're definitely seeing an adoption from our, from our, from our customer base. So Sayo, out of the, all the benefits that you mentioned, I know last mile shipping, uh, and the last mile delivery of the merchandise, it, it's key. I think nowadays so much pressure, uh, many companies from retail are getting from 
Amazon and Walmart and all these initiatives they have about getting the merchandise as fast as possible to the customer, right? And I think Bopus gives you guys the opportunity to offer that, not just the free delivery to stay competitive, but also the faster delivery of the merchandise by utilizing all your brick and borders, in essence, as miniature warehouse that can satisfy the customer needs in a very short period of time, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and there's more to that and more to it than, than that, even from a customer experience. So what we have seen is really from a customer perspective, not, not only is it a matter of convenience that we'll get it quicker, but these last mile carriers, what we in our industry, you know, as we leverage them, we're calling these like these white glove delivery, right? So um, but we are really catering to what the, what the customer wants, where now you can specify, not only do, you, do I want it quicker, but I want it in this time frame. You have to deliver it to me between 1 p.m. and 2 p.m. because that's what's convenient for me. Um, I want to be able to track it you know, on, my, on the way that you're delivering it to me so I know exactly where you are on your journey to deliver the product to me. Um, all these other benefits that you that you again it's customer centric where we're trying to to rotate it around the customer revolve it around the customer to make their life easier and give them kind of handhold them through the journey of delivering even the product to them because it becomes exciting for them to even watch as the product is moving through our whether it's our fulfillment centers or even through our shipping portals down to them um, so all, all these things help it and, and then at the end of the day, yes, it, we, they get it quicker, but it's that whole journey they look at and they feel like they're more engaged or invested in the overall process of getting the product to them. Yeah, no, I, I really like that you're mentioning that the journey, right? Because I, I've talked with other uh, retailers and other CEOs and, and the same conversation comes over again, the journey, aka the experience, right? you're making the customer part of the complete shopping experience. And, and that's the reason I think why younger and younger generations, they shop, right? They shop based on that entire experience factor and on how even tracking that order, seeing the progress of it, uh, being able to select the timing they wanted, as you very well mentioned, it becomes part of their life, right? It's bigger than just getting the merchandise. It's a life experience that I'm going through that day. Yeah, and a lot of it also depends on obviously what is that merchandise. So it is definitely a matter of, you know, their experiences. But if you think about it, like if you were to place an order for, you know, a, a big screen TV, you're going to be excited about where that big screen TV is coming, when it's coming. And, and and once you know it's shipped, you kind of are, okay, where is it? You know, is it is it three days away? Is it, you know, around the corner? Where is it? Uh, versus if you just order, you know, anything else that may not have as much of a passion for you in terms of, you know, the actual product, then you may not care as much. So it all depends on really which industry you're in. I know the industry we are, that we are in, it's, it's definitely a, a big relationship that we have customers so if every product that they order is really they're very passionate about getting that product delivered to them and they're excited to get that product in their in their house um, so that, that journey is very important for us so for the others you know for the others it just might be get it to them quicker uh, but for depending on the industry you are I think those last mile carriers play a lot more than just quick delivery it, it basically allows them to go through a full journey with delivering the product to the customer Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. And, and I think that in turn, in turn pretty much uh, that affects your retention of your customers, right? And how repetitive they come back to repurchase from your brand, right? Because you made them part of the journey. You gave them the opportunity to be part absolutely. of that entire yeah. process. It becomes a whole experience. And, you know, I mean, Amazon is a perfect example that you just brought up. You know, a lot of uh, products that are purchased from Amazon, people are excited about getting it because it's delivered very quickly and and so and it has everything so if you if i'm ordering something from amazon which is 
you know, maybe potting soil. I don't really care where it is in this journey, but if I over that order that big screen TV, it's a different experience. Yeah, absolutely. You you start measuring your wall and your console, and is it gonna? It can the console hold the weight and right? It becomes a whole experience before you even get it. Exactly. No, absolutely. Uh, great. And so I want to talk a little bit more about because I've gotten a lot of questions from from retailers that have not yet implemented Bopas and they're looking at doing it. Um, and they're really trying to understand what are they fulfilling, right? What, what level of customer engagement are they getting? Uh, what is the benefit of doing it? In addition to the items that you talked about, right? They think or they're concerned that it will be a very cumbersome experience at the store level and getting the employees trained to properly fulfill the orders and cancel the orders and return the orders. Uh, as you guys have a lot of experience in already having this implemented and of course, perfecting the logistical process at your stores, what would be the input that you would give those retailers that have the hesitation of how to properly implement this and what's the best way of implementing? Hey, uh, yeah, so great question, Carlos. I, I think that's really how we go through the BOPIS journey as a system setup is something that is very, very critical for how a retailers actually develop their systems. Um, it sounds simple sometimes when we just say, you know, hey, customer, place your order online and come, come in store and pick it up. But it, it's a, there's a lot more that goes into it. So having the proper robust order management system in the back end on how you're managing your inventory, um, how your associates are actually going to fulfill that inventory, it, there's a lot of moving parts to that to make that journey really ideal for the customer because we don't want the customer to place an order and then get get an email a few hours later saying your order was canceled because of inventory issues or they show up and then the products are not picked correctly there's a whole that that now we're engaging with the customer directly um, and they, and they are in with expectation so that journey needs to be set up right but it is surprising to hear that retailers aren't embracing it uh, to, to the point you made earlier um, i think it's a completely untapped market for those retailers who are not embracing it um, there's a lot of a lot of benefits that come with that engagement we put with Bopis. So outside of the cost benefits and outside of the shipping and the white glove service, even a customer coming into the store, now you have a potential chance of an upsell, right? So the, just the fact that you get the customer through your doors and the customer's intent may have been to come in really as a matter of convenience that they are getting something quicker or they're just driving in to pick up that product and they don't have to pay for shipping costs and everything else. The fact that you walk in through those doors, you can now do a couple of things. And, and forget the upsell part. It's an engagement part. Now, your associates on the field know that they're coming in for a bogus order. They can converse with them separately. They can engage them separately. And then comes the point where they may have, they in conversation, they may say, you know, I was looking for this as well, but I couldn't find it online. And, and now, we have, now we have the opportunity to upsell them. Then tell them, look, yeah, you're right. We don't have that online, but guess what? This is an awesome alternative that you could take. Uh, but you never can get exposed to any of these conversations if you don't even have the BOPIS feature available for them. So there is a complete untapped market there. If people, if you know, come, it comes with a lot, but it, it once you get that set up, um, I think it can open up a lot more doors if you have BOPIS set up. Yeah, as a, as a, I think it, to your point, it's very well worth it because. Uh, your associates, right, will have the opportunity to build a relationship because let's face it, if, if I'm already making the drive to the store, which in some degree can be perceived as somewhat of an inconvenience, right? But if I'm already making that drive, I'm willingly and happily doing it, right? So if that, that means that your store is in a very close vicinity to my way to work, my way from work to home or around my home, right? 
which means to your point, for every single employee, when they know they're getting a customer that placed the Bopus order, that person belongs to your mile radius as a store and it's your target market, right? Is the is the audience that you wanna make friends with, understand what they're doing. Why are they buying that piece of merchandise? What projects, what adventures, what things are they engaging in their life? That then you can do the upsell, not just for that visit, but for a continuations of visits in reference to other merchandise that might be upcoming uh, that relates to that customer's likings or or projects or or, or wants, you know. Exactly, and it it becomes more it becomes more like a brand experience, if I can call it that. Yes, you know, it's, it's absolutely more, right. It's a brand experience. It's a personalization offer. I mean, even as simple as saying thank you to that customer, writing a personalized note, maybe and dropping it off in their in the product that they're about to pick up, or you know, coming into the store, you're building such a, a different relationship with that customer. And you know, maybe some retailers look at it saying, you know, our products are just really meant to be quick things you pick up. We don't really need all that. But guess what? As a customer. Getting going that extra mile and actually having a relationship with that customer can sway you to now go to that customer, to that, to that retailer all the time rather than another retailer. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think you hit it right on the nail. Like it's it's all about the way you're treated, right? It's all about the customer service. Yes, of course, the quality of the product, the getting the correct product that you want, but it's also all about the experience. I am, I think it is uh, a standard statistically that people are willing to pay more money for better service than Mm -hmm. less money for no service, you know? Yeah, and I think you called out uh, this point even earlier in the conversation where today's generation expects things, right? So they expect, I think, the quickness, the promptness of delivery. They're They're not as, unfortunately, as patient for things to happen. They want things, you know, quick turnaround, easy gratification. And part of that, Part of this generation that we're going into right now is also this whole customer journey experience where they want to to feel embraced by the retailer, embraced by the products that they're investing in. Um, so these kind of things actually fall under that bracket and and, and just so times are changing and we, we as a retailers have to adjust for that or we'll be left. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Just, just like we've seen with various giants across the industry, right? In the past, I think, what, eight years, it's been... Very astonishing to see how Goliaths in different areas of industry have completely ceased to exist because they didn't want to adapt, right, to the new demands of the customer. Exactly. They either don't adapt adapt technologically where they're moving, you know, uh, with the latest trends or they don't adapt in terms of just engaged customer engagement. So either either one of those, unfortunately, uh, you know, kind of cause major major issues for, for those retailers. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so let's talk about how the customer, right, all the different avenues when the customer is engaging in the Ropus experience after the fact of them placing the order online, right, whether it's because they want to go pick up the merchandise because the inventory is available at the store so they can get it faster, or it's just simply more convenient or they like making the drive, whatever the case might be. But once they get into the store, right, I think there's various scenarios that happen the moment the customer actually arrives at the store. Obviously, the perfect scenario is they go, they pick up their merchandise, and they depart the store with a big smile, with a great experience with the associate, and they go home and enjoy whatever it is that they purchased. Uh, But I think there's other scenarios that open up again another whole can of worms when the customer decides to return partial uh, 
portions of their order, right? Because maybe the colors didn't look right, or maybe once they're at the store, they saw another pair of tennis shoes that they like better. And so they decide they maybe they want to do an exchange, maybe they want to do a partial return, or maybe they just want to purchase new items, right? Um, so from a logistical standpoint, what would you recommend is the easiest flow for new retailers that are looking at implementing this? Because I think there's there's a very high level or a very high sense of wanting to not inconvenience the customer as they can go through these different potential reactions, right, or decision-making, um, that a lot of these retailers that are barely looking at implementing, they're hesitant about what's the best way of doing it from two perspectives. Obviously, from a logistical standpoint, from the standpoint of properly training the staff to give the best experience, and then also from the standpoint of not making the entire process too cumbersome for the employees, where then everything becomes about the process and the customer service kind of gets thrown out the window. There's a lot to cover in that. <laughs> so so, uh, so let, let me let me split it up into, into two different buckets then, and then I think we can talk through it. Um, so really, let's you called out the customer journey coming in. So obviously, with the times you're in right now, um, curbside is a big, big thing that's, that's up there. Um, I think you've had this in your previous podcast, so I won't delve into it too much, but curbside, definitely the experience you get through driving up and conveniently just being able to communicate with that customer so they can bring the, uh, communi communicate with the retailer, sorry, uh, so they can bring it right out the door real quick without you having to wait too long. That whole experience is one thing. Um, but you mentioned walking in the door. So yeah, the, the moment you walk in the door, so even right before you walk in the door, could we build something technologically that, uh, which we do have, where we could you know know that the fact that you've arrived, the fact that you've actually um, arrived with the intent to come into the store. So when you do walk in through the doors, I can engage with you a lot differently knowing that you know you're coming in to pick up the product. Um, and if, uh, if you don't have that technology, even coming in, um, just the way the retailer sets up and stages that product uh, for, for folks who are coming in for, for buy online pickup in store, uh, it's a lot different, you know, um, standing in line and now waiting for you to pick up the product, the customer may not, may not want that because guess what? I've placed the order. I've paid for the order. I just want to walk in, pick up the order and walk right back, right, right out. So what's that journey look like for the, for the customer when they walk in the door? Um, you know, is there something that we can easily identify them and, and, and personalize that journey when they come in and quickly make it easy for them? Again, those earlier conversations about the upselling, the, con the conversation as an, as an associate, you're talking to that customer, uh, asking them how their trip was, was there anything else that you couldn't find online that I can help you find? Um, you know, can I make this journey a little bit easier for you? They, they engage in those kind of things. Um, and then, then you brought up the points about partial orders or cancel orders. So um, if, if as a customer, if I don't really want to pick up that product, I don't have to obviously drive into the store and let you know that I don't want the product. I should be able to have other means and avenues of letting you know about that. Whether yeah, call customer service. Call or customer service or, or somehow through my digital engagement channels. You know, if I got an email or if I have an app, um, I should be able to cancel the order leveraging those, those experiences. And, and, and it should be seamless to me, right? Mm -hmm, absolutely. Um, yeah, if it's partial, if I walk in and, and I don't like the product or some of the products you picked for me, well, th there's more to think about that. Why did we pick products that you did not order? But we, why did we replace it with another item that we know you, you wouldn't have liked? Um, how can we make that journey better? So there's, there's more logic and more trainings and learnings on exactly how you substitute products or how do I make that 
return experience easy for you? Do you simply say, I don't want these three things, and you simply walk up with the other five and, and the system automatically handles it? Or do I have to have you wait there as I ring up the order and cancel the three and or, or recreate a new order and, and only get, get you the five out of the eight? All that all that experience as a customer can be painstaking if it's if it's cumbersome to them. Because again, their intent was for this to be quick, that the reason they place the BOPIS order is I want to walk in, walk out real quick. And if that, that journey becomes tougher for them, then it's, it, then they would never use it again. So so the systems you use in the back end, whether how integrated you have your order management system with your POS system, uh, while there's complexities involved there, it could be quicker depending on how you implement it. Do you just resolve everything in the order management system versus what you do in the POS system? Uh, all depends on what you want that journey to look like. And and do you do you think from just from a professional standpoint that it makes more sense to integrate your OMS into your POS system and have the entire pickup of the order and delivery right in person of the order through the POS system versus engaging directly on the OMS and having the OMS uh, behave based on the delivery of the items and simply apply the refund through the payment gateway based on whether you fulfill the order partially or completely, or do you think it's a better practice to do it through the POS system? Because I've seen retailers that have uh, a quad, right, or a whole area just for these particular orders and people can skip the POS lines, but I've also seen retailers that have it at the POS location and they call out the order and somebody else brings out the merchandise, but the entire engagement happens through the POS queue, right? So from your perspective, what, what would you recommend based on those two potential uh, scenarios for, for folks to do to do it in which way? Yeah, that, that, that's another tricky slope to go down, but, but I'll try and address that. So um, I think it all depends really, again, on the customer. So I, I have heard exactly the same thing. As a customer, I walk in and my intent was really just to pick up the product and walk right out. It, clean, easy journey. I'd say OMS, right? You, you, everything is in the OMS system. Everything is already paid for. You kind of walk in, pick up the product, you walk right out. It has nothing to do with the POS engagement, nothing, you know? So you just walk out, pick up the product, you go out. Mm -hmm. uh, but I've heard the flip. I've heard as a customer, I've walked in the door. Now, again, those earlier conversations on you're engaging with the customer kind of say, hey, you know, uh, you, did, you didn't get this product online. You didn't find that red, t red you know, T-shirt that you're looking for. Well, we have this other shade or this other color and I can sell it. You know, this this is probably exactly what you're looking for. Customer says, yeah, okay, that's quite awesome. Now, then you're going to tell the customer, well, you know, that's going to be a different order because really you have this one and it's already closed out. You really have to stand on the POS line and, and ring that up separately. Now the customer says, you know what, forget it. I'm just going to walk right out. Here now, if I have an integrated system, I could say, guess what? You know, everything is all together. Just take it up to the POS. Uh, we'll just ring up your original order that showed up on the OMS side. We're just going to amend it, and then boom, you're out the door real quick. Or I can do it in in, in my in my you know little staging area that I have here. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. As an IT person, I'd say um, having everything integrated gives us more options in the longer term because we could do things either way. We could flip you over to the POS. We could complete the order out in the OMS because every system kind of knows about that customer. It's the whole omni-channel experience, right? So I know exactly where you are, where your life cycle of your transaction is, and all systems are kind of seeing the same picture and I can adjust it. That comes with complexities, but that is that will allow me to now flex my business based on where you 
on what you, what we want your journey to be. But as you're starting up, I'd say, you know, keep, keep things simple. I mean, if, if, again, it's an iterative, the way I look at everything is if I don't have capability given to the customer today, how quickly can I get something out the door to them and, and then learn from their feedback and now start implementing more and more uh, features to, for them that are more catered around exactly what feedback they're giving us. A lot of the older companies sometimes think about, I want this perfect 100% experience that I want for the customer and they'll spend months and months trying to build all that, push it oh, out. Yeah. And, and millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. <laughs> and, then, and then you find out the customer really didn't want all of that stuff that you thought that they wanted. So let's, let's give them something out the door. Let's make, and whatever we give them, at least let's not, let's not make it more difficult than what they go for. Uh, give them that convenience and then, then build and iterate on that and then learn about exactly how we can make that journey better for them. Sayo, I think that's a great, great recommendation. I mean, you, that's phenomenal, right? I, I've had it with so many customers that I engage with uh, and so many clients. And you're absolutely right. There's a very, very high level of concern about creating this exactly perfect, flawless journey that they think the customer is going to have. But there's never really a time to dedicate to actually get feedback, right? It's not like you, you're you in television and you're doing all these Q&As and you're doing all these uh, forums and getting all these feedback from your potential customers. It's really uh, corporate users trying to come up with this perfect scenario um, versus breaking it down in phases and saying, hey, let's give the foundation of it since we're not doing it. And then let's let the customers help us dictate and determine the way they best like to be serviced when they interact with our brand. Because that same customer can have completely different expectations when they're going to go purchase merchandise for their pets than when they're going to go purchase merchandise for their kids than when they're going to go purchase merchandise for their home, you know? And I, and I think it's, I'm not saying that even that retailers have, or, you know, some of these larger companies as they go through these initiatives have the wrong intent or don't understand their customers. But the call out I'm trying to make here is some of these, um, these approaches that maybe the, the, the older way of thinking or, or the, the, the bigger retail approaches. Yes. I want that to be a very seamless journey. The, the problem is that seamless journey takes time to build, and by the and you may have started off exactly with that seamless journey that that really would have been ideal for that customer, but twelve months later, before you deliver the product out, twelve months is is a lifetime in the retail industry in terms of technology that's changing. That's it, that very same customer has all of a sudden just had a completely different experience working with another retailer. And now all of a sudden their experiences change and, and they expect that from you. So it's taken you 12 months to build an ideal journey that maybe was ideal on in month one, but by month 12, it's no longer ideal. And now you've spent all that time and now you're having to go back and fix things or, or readdress issues. So the yeah. whole concept is be quick, be iterative, get it out to the customer real quick learn from their feedback and then make that. And at the end of the day, sometimes the customers actually enjoy that. We have seen that with our customers and our associates where once we get the feedback from the field and our team will turn around and iterate something real quick and deliver it out to them 
within weeks or if or even less than you know two or three weeks it's out there on the field and you get immediate response from the customer hey you heard me you know i was asking for this or the associate in the field says hey you heard me as an associate this was very troublesome for me you just improved the system and now thank you for for actually hearing me out and not having to wait 12 months for you to go deliver something you're delivering things much quicker it may not be the perfect ideal world but at least you're getting things out there and you're getting feedback yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I think in addition to the feedback, right, uh, especially uh, you, you hit on something really important, the associates at the store, right, the feedback of the associates. I think a lot of times that get lost, that gets lost in translation, right? But it's so fundamental to make the associates feel part of any initiative, right? And for various reasons, obviously, because they're going to interact with it more than anybody else. But because if you make them feel part of the journey, if you let them give you feedback and, and to your point, you give them that opportunity of saying, hey, you heard me, you listened to my ideas, you, you capitalized on my input in order to improve these processes, then you're making them part of that process, right? They literally feel part of the technical team. They feel like they were part of what developed and implemented this new initiative. And in return, when it comes to engaging and talking about the initiative and showcasing it to the customer, there's a complete sense of pride and excitement that comes from the person who's engaging with your customer, who is the key player in any retail operation at any point. 100%. I mean, as I manage the team that I have today, you know, in the, in the engineering space, um, the products we build, I've always told the team, and, and this is something that we all do as an organization where I work is it's, it's more, yes, it is all about our customers, but guess what? It's about our associates too. They, they are also customers for us because they are using our product. Mm-hmm. And as you called out, if we make their, their experiences more enjoyable and, and, we, and they know they're being heard and we're building products that the associate themselves are happy using, they're, all of a sudden, their attitudes change, their engagement with the customer changes, and, and, and now they're engaging with the customer a lot better than them being you know, a disappointed associate or not really enjoying the products that they're working with. So it's, it's all empowering our field, it's empowering our customers, um, and what can we as an IT industry do to, to really make that journey easier for them? Mm-hmm. No, no, yeah, I, I really like it because you're absolutely right. It, it's, uh, I, and I think people forget about this, but... I think the store employees are the customers of the corporate employees, right? <laughs> Almost. And, and then the customers are the, are the customers of the employees, right? So it's like a three sequence. But I think a lot of times we, we forget that piece, right? We forget to perceive the associates in the field as our customers when we are in a, in a corporate environment. Well, they're really our customers. That's what they are. Exactly. You build a both a system. Yes, you know, a customer uses their website or uses something to place the order, but that whole fulfillment experience, the exchange experience, the returns experience, all those are software experiences on a store level. And if that becomes painful for an associate to do, next thing, guess what? The, the way they engage with the customer is going to change. They're going to say, hey, I can't really help you with this. You know, you got to you got to go to the POS and return it, or you got to go on, you got to talk to this department to do this, do that. If I can make those systems, again, you know, you're building it for the associate to be much more engaged and easy for them. And then all of a sudden that relates very easily to a conversation with a customer. 
you know, it's all the products that you built for them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, absolutely. Sayo. Thank you so much for your input, Sayo. Uh, I think, you know, we've really broke down the concept of, of BOPAs, the advantages from a retailer standpoint, the advantages to the customer and the advantage to the entire platform of retail as a whole. Right. And also uh, I think the way you broke it down, the way you explained it to us, it's very beneficial to all the people that all the listeners that are out there that are potentially looking at engaging in this initiative in their company. Uh, we really, really appreciate your time and we hope to talk to you uh, in a later podcast. Uh, Sayo, hope you have a great weekend and you have a great time and thank you so much for joining us in this conversation. All right. Thanks, Carlos. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot to cover, obviously. I mean, we, we kind of rambled through a lot of stuff in the last half an hour or so. Um, you know, we could keep talking for hours on this. I'm definitely very passionate about it. So thank you for taking the time uh, and thank you for having me on this podcast. If you would like to participate in the Retail Corner conversation, please sign up via email at retailcorner at proxima360.com or sign up on our website at proxima360.com. So thank you so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you guys next week. Stay safe and have a great weekend.